At this time, I invite you to take your Bibles and we shall turn to the epistle, 1 John chapter 2, reading the first six verses. That is, 1 John chapter 2, verse 1 to 6. It reads thus, My little children, these things have I written unto you, that is, sin not. And if anyone sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He that said, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whosoever keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Whereby know we that we are in him. He that saith, he abideth in him, ought himself also to walk even as he walked. And may the Lord bless the reading of his word to our hearts as we send our thoughts on the subject from profession to perfection. Father in heaven, we give you thanks for saving us and for keeping us, maintaining us. Lord God, we ask your Holy Spirit presence here today as we study your word and fellowship one with another. May your Holy Spirit speak to each heart and that each one would be attentive to what you have to say to us today. And that we would all see the need for moving on and keep walking, moving on to perfection. For those who have never been saved, may they be saved. As we see the day of Christ's return approaching rapidly. Our Father and our God, touch all those who are sick. Heal them. Grant them what is needed for life at this time. May the forces of evil and the devil be defeated and your name be honored and lifted up high and holy these mercies we ask to Christ the Lord amen you may be seated throughout my many years of ministry I have met many people who are willing to make a profession of faith They're not willing to go any further. However, I would remind them that Jesus Christ said, Not everyone that saith, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. Only those who do the will of the Father. The question is, what is the will of the Father? 
It is the will of the Father that you must take up your cross and follow him. And follow him into the three days journey. Salvation, baptism, and the observation of all things. As we see the signs of the times everywhere. We need to make our calling and election sure whether you are a saint or you ain't. It is time for stock taking. The Christian life begins with the new birth. Everyone needs to walk through that door. Jesus Christ said, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. John chapter 10 and verse 9. My little children, verse 1 of 1 John chapter 2. It does not matter how old you are when you met Jesus Christ. You must humble yourself and become as a little child. That is what it means here when he says, my little children, newborn babes in Christ, he's talking about. We are born, born again through faith in Jesus Christ, according to John's Gospel, chapter 3 and verses 1 to 16. God wants us to be confident of our salvation. He wants us to know and to know and to be certain that you are born again. In the epistle of 1 John, very short epistle, the word know is found 40 times. Because there is great joy in knowing that you are a child of God. Some people are iffy. They're not too sure. They think so. They hope so. Maybe you are sure and you know exactly which family you were born into physically. Therefore, you are to know whether or not you are born again and that you are in the family of God. We have just three words here for consideration today. Profession, progression, and perfection. Number one, profession. It says, he that said, he abided in him. We ought not to downplay the importance of a profession. Believe and confess. Romans 10 and verse 9. It says, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus... And believe in thine heart 
that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. No maybe about it. No hope so. No if. No buts. Some people like the, or prefer the quiet profession. Over the zealous witnessing. We ought to give testimony of our faith in God and not to keep it silent and private. That is why after you have made a profession, water baptism is absolutely necessary. It is a public declaration that you have professed faith in Jesus Christ. And there is nothing to be ashamed of. Some people are so ashamed of it. They don't want anybody to know. So they make sure that they christen you while you are a baby. They baptize you, they say. Sprinkle you. Which is not water baptism. It is sprinkling. A child or a baby has no knowledge of what is going on. Notice the word no, 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 no. And you read those six verses. You see how many times you see the word no. K-N-O-W. Not N-O. English is a funny language, huh? <laughs> no, you ought to know. Have knowledge of. So baptism is a public witness that must be done after salvation, not before. Then, after water baptism, there is church attendance which shows your priority. Some people do not have time for worship. They do not have time for church. But they have time for everything else. If you're born again Christian and you don't have time for church worship, you tell yourself you're going to find yourself in some courthouse worshiping or magistrate court. You either spend time in the courts of God or the magistrate court or the courthouse, which is far more time-consuming than coming to the church of God. In those places, you come back, come back, come back, come back, come back, for years. You know, and I know of a situation that is in the court right now with a member of this church, no fault of his, and for over five years, can't get a hearing. It has been postponed. It has been postponed. It has been postponed. And it could be postponed for the next five years. And then if he wins it, they're going to appeal. And then the appeal is going to take another 10 years. And if he wins it, they're going to appeal again. And it could take another 20 years. 
So it's better to spend time in the courts of God, amen, than to spend time in magistrate court and courthouse. We are to be witnesses. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. Have you been a witness? Have you reached out to anyone since you have been born again? Or perhaps nobody knows that you have been born again. God does not want any secret agents. Leave it for the CIA with their corruption. <laughs> Underhand and undermining. And so, while we do not downplay the profession, it needs to be a public matter. It's a public matter that you have been born into the family that you were born in. And there is no secret about it. There ought not to be any private matter that you have been born into the family of God, the greatest family that there is. See how people want to get into the royal family? To mess it up. Because it's a good family. <laughs> they want to get in there and get somebody prestige and somebody money and then make money off of it. Shameful. Disgraceful. But people would do that to a royal family. I have no sympathy people who will try to do that. Whether you're a royal family or not, people will try to get into a family and to destroy it. Ruin a good name. But let me tell you something. Nobody could ruin the family of God. Amen. Try as you may. Number two. You move on from profession to progression, or you might want to call it possession. Possess your possession. Claim the things. Well, we might want to add it here and call it a number four, but I didn't think about it to put it in there because I want to make it short. <laughs> but you think of the progression. Art himself also to walk. You notice the phrase there? You ought to walk even as he walked. Believers are people on the move, walking. Our walk should be confirmed by our talk. You walk the talk. Amen? Amen? And you talk the walk. Both ways. You claim to walk with Jesus. You have to Walk the talk and talk the walk. Your walk and your talk must be uh, together. Abiding in Christ should show in our walk or your manner of life. The places you go and the things you do. Parents are very happy and pleased when their children Start walking and take that first step. You're excited about your child. Stop creeping and crawling. Stand up and 
want to walk. And you wonder, what is the incentive for the child wanting to walk? Because he or she sees his parents walking. And he wants to walk also. They're not crawling. And if you go down on your knees and always crawling, that child would want to crawl for all the days of his life. So, you encourage them. And they want to. They don't want to stay there. You wonder, why is it that some people make a profession of faith and they just want to stay there and crawl around and they don't want to ever get up? Think of animals. Whatever family they're born into, they do the same. Lizards, they crawl around because that's their nature. Dogs on their feet. Cows. And the babies don't stay there. And it's amazing how that uh, after a day or two that they get up and walk. <laughs> you wonder why babies stay so long to walk. <laughs> maybe because you only have two legs. Or maybe they walk because they had four. Well, anyway, let's move on here. But Christians, you're not supposed to be crawling. You're supposed to be walking. Amen. And the word walk is found so many times here in this particular chapter and in this particular book. How shall we walk? Number one, we walk honestly. Romans 13 and verse 13. Let us walk honestly as in the day. Not in rioting and drunkenness. Amen. Amen. Not in chambering and walk and a wantonness. Not in strife and envying. And let me add here where it says not in rioting and drunkenness and not in smokingness because we are going to be smoked up in this place here with all the weed. I thought that it's goats and sheep and things supposed to eat weed. I never see a goat or a sheep smoking any weed. Don't rob the goats of their food. <laughs> God prepared for us mangoes and apples. Oranges and you name it. For heaven's sake, leave the goats with their food. And you could imagine that Christians are going to get involved in this nonsense because what? Government legalize it. Where government get authority from over us. And because they legalize it doesn't mean that we have to do it. And woe be unto our young men. I hope they have a nice big institution to accommodate them and to put them after their brains are fried. Real dry and nice like KFC fried chicken. <laughs> this is no joke. It is a serious matter. Walk in the spirit. Galatians 5 and 16. This I say unto you. Walk in the spirit. And you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Number three. Walk in love. Ephesians 5, 1 and 2. Be therefore followers of God as dear children. Walk in love as Christ also loved us. And has given himself for us. 
an offering for us, a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling savor. Number five. Or oh, did number four? <laughs> number four. Walk circumspectly. Amen. Amen. In other words, walk carefully. Not as fools, but as wise. Watch your steps. Redeeming the time. Because the days are evil. The days are more evil than ever and getting more and more. And later on, perhaps, I'll talk to you a little more about the evil days as we spoke about in our Sunday school class this morning, if time permits. Number five, it would be, am I correct now? Walk in faith, Colossians 2 and 6. As ye have therefore received Christ the Lord, so walk in him. We walk by faith, and not by sight. Amen. We live one day at a time. Moment by moment. For we know not what a day will bring forth. You go to bed. In good health. And in the night or early in the morning. You wake up and something has gone wrong with your health. Sometimes in the middle of the night or first thing in the morning. You have to rush to the hospital because you have discovered that something has gone wrong. And we do not know what it will be. And so therefore, we go to bed and we pray that God will see us through the night. And that he wake us up in the morning. You may use an alarm clock. But listen, if God don't wake you up, you ain't going to hear that alarm clock. This would be number six. Walk in wisdom. Colossians 4, 5. And notice what it says. Walk in wisdom towards them that are without. The without here, what do you think he's talking about? Those who are without Christ. Be careful. People without Christ. They will want to trip you up for no good reasons. I can't tell you how many people have threatened me that they're going to ruin me. And one man said, I'm going to destroy you utterly and completely. And not one, two of them. For absolutely no reason. But I'll live to see them destroy themselves. Don't go about seeking to destroy anybody. Never threaten a person that you're going to destroy them. It's going to come back to haunt you. May I ask, how are you progressing in the Christian life? I trust that you are progressing well and that you have possessed your possessions. Finally, number three, perfection. Verse six. Let's look at verse six once again. He that saith he abideth in Christ, or in him, 
or himself also to walk even as he walked. We have many good examples to follow in this life. But we have one great example, the perfect example, Jesus Christ. We are not perfect. But in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 19 to 21, we are told, For this is thankworthy, if a man for conscience towards God endure grief, suffering, wrongdoing, or wrongfully, for what glory is it if when he be buffeted for your faults, he shall take it patiently. But if when you do well and suffer for it, he take it patiently. Amen. That is acceptable with God. For even hereunto were he called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that he should follow in his steps. Others may fail, but Jesus does not. Focus on him, not on the faults of others. In looking to Jesus, we can be victorious according to Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. When we meet Jesus, we are going to see him as is, and we are going to be like him, sinlessly perfect. We are not sinlessly perfect. And so therefore, in the meantime and between time, we try our best and endeavor to strive for perfection or excellence. Three comments or commitments to make a difference in your war. Number one, purpose in your heart. I will not look at the faults of others. You know, some people are good at seeing other people's faults and they can't see their own. Be careful. Purpose in your heart. That you're not going to be looking at other people's fault. Learn to see the good in other people. Number two. I will look for evidences of Christ's likeness in others. Look for evidence and the Christ likeness in others. They're not perfect and so they'll make mistakes. All of us do. But you have to correct those mistakes. And don't keep dwelling on those mistakes, your own mistakes sometimes. I find myself sometimes want to, I literally hit myself on the hip. Why in the world did I do that? Have you ever done that? You say things or you do things that you wish that you did not do or you wish you did not say. However, 
try to correct it and move on. Number three, finally, I will keep looking at my perfect Savior. Let's make these life changes or commit to make these life changes or changing decisions in our lives. And we'll be better people for it. In 2 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 1, which was read earlier, it says, Having therefore these promises, the promises of Jesus Christ, the things that were listed there in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 7, it should have been the last verse of chapter 6. It says, Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and the spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Amen. Perfecting holiness in that you ask me, how do we perfect holiness? We are endeavoring to be holy. We are not perfectly holy as yet. But we'll get there one day. The question is, how do we go about perfecting holiness? Well, here are six things, and I'll give them very quickly. You'll have to write them fast because it's time for us to quit. If you're going to be back here, if anybody's going to be back here at 4 o'clock. Number one, reckon yourselves to be dead to sin. Do not practice sin as a child of God. A truly born again child of God cannot habitually practice sin. You should not and you cannot. If you find yourself habitually practicing sin, you need to be saved. It is not the nature of a child of God to habitually practice sin. You will sin at time, whether it be by word, by thought, or by deed. But you learn to sin less indeed. And in thought also, but you are going to sin in thought. Thoughts that are not pleasant will come to your mind. Especially these days, you see things and thoughts come to your mind. Things that you cannot say and you should not say. Some people believe that they have to say everything that comes to their mind. You're going to get yourself in trouble and problems. You can't do that. Unpleasant thoughts will come to your mind. You shake your head and, God, please help me. Sometimes you probably just have to close your eyes. Number two, do not let sin reign in your body. Tell yourself, you have the ability to avoid that. You must have the confidence to tell yourself, 
that I have the strength of Christ. And I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. Number three. How do we go about perfecting holiness? Present yourself to God. Or in other words, surrender yourself to God. Lord, I surrender myself to you. We sing all to Jesus, I surrender. But you really wonder. Number five. Number four, sorry. Learn to discipline yourself. Learn to discipline yourself. Learning discipline may come by writing things down. Learn to write things down. For heaven's sake, do not put things in your phone. Get a pen and paper. Get a soft copy that this world is so confused. I tell you, paper is hard copy. Hard paper, paper is what hard copy. Paper is soft copy. And they tell you that hard thing that you got there in the pocket is soft copy. What goes on? You know this world is confused and upside down? And they tell you that children have two mothers and two fathers when two auntie man and thing get together. <laughs> they themselves are confused. Whoever got two mothers and two fathers? And they're going to confuse these little ones and give up children for adoption to these funny people. What do you think is going to happen to those children after five years? Their minds are gone. And brethren, it is going to happen in St. Kitts and Nevis. God forbid that it should ever happen here at Shiloh Baptist Church. You would have heard this past week that the Church of England has followed the Catholic Church and now they have embraced, embraced same-sex couples. Shame on them! And I'm waiting to see what the Anglican Church in St. Kitts and Nevis are going to do. I'm waiting to see what the government here is going to do. I'm waiting. This is one time I tell you, I want to be the first person to go to the stinking jail down there for standing up against it. And so passionate and serious I am about it. This is ungodly. This is wicked. And how could anything that calls itself a church embrace and go against the word of God with such lawlessness? Let me move on here because it gets me really fired up when I see such lawlessness. I warn you all years ago that it's going to happen. Nobody believed me. And thought I was making joke. Some people got angry when I said that they were here in St. Kitts and Nevis already. And they've been all over Africa. And I'm proud of Africans. All the African leaders are standing up. And one nation, they don't even remember because so many nations in Africa where a lady is. And they try to twist her hands and she tell them, what your name? And I'm poor. Some I'm poor data from CNN. So you are saying this, sister. Listen, I told you already, this is not our culture. This is not what we want. Also, you are saying this and you're, I, you want me to say, 
What do I speak? Spanish or French? <laughs> I'm speaking English. Don't ask me the same thing again. In essence, she was saying, and other African leaders where men are, they have said the same. What we need is economic development to be able to feed our people. And this business of your same-sex marriage and thing, we are not ready for that. We don't need that. Brethren, Sinkets and Nevis don't need this. But it's coming. And we are going to see what our leaders are made of. Christians, I just read you here where it says, if you suffer, I think it's on the, uh, what it was again? It was earlier, but it's on the uh, perfection. Um, it was, sorry, First uh, Peter 2, 19 to 21, where it says, sorry about that. I get so passionate when these things, you know, these things really upset me. Very disturbing. And what is happening is that some Christians seem to think that these things are jokes. These are not any joke. And these are not any laughing matter. And it just make me want to cry when I see religious leaders, people who talk about they represent God, going against the word of God to please man. Brethren, it angers me. It upsets me. Make me want to cry. What he says here in verse 20 that we read earlier. Let me, let's go back to it. Um, I'm finished, but let me just give me a minute here. Um, before he says, um, we talk about suffering. Uh, if you suffer uh, for your wrongdoing, if you are buffeted for your wrongdoing, verse 20, what glory have you? You don't have any glory. But if you suffer for it patiently, verse 20, 1 Peter chapter 2, if you suffer but standing up for right. Take it patiently. This acceptable in the sight of God. For thereunto you have been called. For Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should walk in his steps, that we may have to suffer. For years, we here in St. Kitts and Nevis have not been suffering anything when it comes to the Christian faith. But this suffering is coming. If Jesus does not come very soon, I warn you, night and day, that if Jesus doesn't come, it is going to happen in St. Kitts and Nevis. For the leaders are going to give in if they are not strong in their faith in God. However, God be thanked. That our leaders here are very religious. I wish to God that they were all saved. And I'm glad that at least they're religious. And they acknowledge God. But they need to go a step further. So they could strengthen their faith. Like the African leaders. And tell these people when they come. This is not what the people of Sinkit and Nevis need. What the people of Sinkit and Nevis need. Is economic development. And how to provide for themselves. And not having to lean on government for everything. Finally, deny yourself pleasures that can lead to sin. What are we talking about? How do we go about perfecting holiness? We are not perfect. We are just moving on to perfection. So you've got to learn to see the good in people. 
Avoid being highly critical of everybody. Because the same thing you criticize in other people is in your own life. Learn to speak well of other people. Stay away from sinful pleasures and pleasures that are not sinful, but that they would lead you to sin. Stay away from them. Nothing is wrong with pleasure, clean, godly pleasure. But when pleasure is going to lead you to sin, you stay away from it. And that's how you're going to perfect holiness, or else you are going to mess your life up. Your hands are, you're not your physical hands, but your spiritual hands are going to, be get, going to get dirty if you play around with sin. And at times, you may have to avoid certain company if you're going to keep your hands clean. Young men, I speak to you. Be careful who you keep company with. Some young men try to convince me that I need to smoke weed. I need to try it. Say, Pastor, you never smoke weed yet? I say, boy, me now and goat. <laughs> I don't eat weed. I don't smoke weed. Goats don't even smoke weed. <laughs> like, oh, man, you miss half of your life if you don't smoke. I want my brains to super. I don't want it to get fried. You don't want to fry up your brain. Don't jealous, God. You're just smoking. And they feel good, and you feel as though they feel high. Feel high? Pretty soon they're going to be real low. Because in somebody's bed, some, some hospital lying down and can't move. Don't go there. Please, I beg you. Girls, you too. I hope that the girls are not following that. Stay away from anything that would lead you into sinful habits. It's not helpful. If you're not a born-again believer in Christ, you need to be born again. Profess faith in Jesus Christ. And then move on from your profession to possession or progression and into perfection.